We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. Sometimes we make you laugh. But most times we go, we make deep. We make deep <laughs> in your ears. <laughs> we have to do this. Why did? Why is the a, the hand thing always a thing? Know. For the audio <laughs> listeners, we're putting our hands up yeah. in front of the camera. We when we say we make deep, it's like we're giving something to somebody. I don't know. I, I don't. Then now we do the shrug emoji. Yeah. Now we do the shrug emoji. I, I don't know uh. where the connection is, but that's just what we do. <laughs> hey, it's just Rachel and I. You didn't notice like 5 million people on the screen <laughs> or 5 million voices in your ears? Well, you know, it so happens that it's Rosh Hashanah. So it's like Jewish New Year's. It's 5782, I think it is. The year 5782. Oh, Don't hi. ask me to explain the Jewish calendar. It's 5712. Uh, what's, the fu- what's the future like? The problem is, is we went back in time <gasps> to start the future. So it's like, th- so it took me, f- so I've been alive for 5,782 days, uh, years, years, <laughs> AKA the last time we've seen the boys. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> 5,000 I mean, years year. ago. It's, it's been a year. It's, been, <laughs> it's just a reminder. It's been a year. Yeah. It's Jewish New Year's. Uh, I'm not available to record in the evenings. And then we had a whole thing of trying to figure out when people would be available. So we literally, and this is what sometimes has to happen, is that we have to kind of go really to brass tacks and hopefully never, ever, ever get a show where it's just me. Okay? Because that is dangerous. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Or some... Okay. Let me backtrack some people want that so they can watch me squirm (laughs) hey hey guys hey so what do you what do you think about that waits waits like easily 20 seconds for a response because of the lag Mm -hmm. yeah great take (laughs) on to the next subject panically (laughs) it's not a good it's not a good look we've had shows like that if i will in in the blog i will put all the shows all the episodes I've had to tackle you're by alone, yourself. so you can exactly so you can watch watch, Here's watch that one shit co- show <laughs> oh man it is <laughs> glorious the season finale of fear the walking dead season four I highly <laughs> urge you our coverage of that my coverage of that oh no <laughs> watch it it is just there's some really good takes but like <laughs> at the same time you could just you could tell that how is he doing this right now how is he how is he handling this I don't know. Not well. <laughs> not well. That's um, how. <laughs> so, so in in our in its stead, like so, we asked not only uh, the core hosts and our survivor member Aliza J. What is a survivor member? So it so happens we released our support tiers on ko-fi.com/squawkingdead, and you can join any number of tiers of support. And based on that tier, you get a certain amount of perks. We tasked our core host to actually pre-record their takes, and I have them locked and loaded, and so we were going to put them on. But I figured I I would ask also the Whispers to join us in that, uh, which is only Darren and Jasmine for right now. The perks that they get are credits at the end of the episode, as well as 50% off the merch store, and uh, the ability to join us on our Jackbox games Twitch streams. So, uh, So that's pretty cool. But along with that, we threw in this little perk because, you know, loyalty, you know, right? So we, we wanted to see if they had takes that they can record and stuff like that. Oh, and hey, not only that, but Jasmine has been pretty great in the Discord, which is another perk that the Whisperers get, uh, the ability to join our Discord. Now, they don't have access to all the channels because some of those are reserved strictly for core and survivor members, which are people who host with us. But... It's been great. Jasmine has been an awesome addition to our Discord. She's boosted our server already. (laughs) See, I'm like you, Rachel, right now. I'm like, what does it mean? I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what that means. 
boosting a Discord server. But boost is al- boosting is always a good thing. Yeah, boosting sounds great. <laughs> it's like it's a confidence booster, right? That's literally what it is for us. So thank you, cool. Jasmine, for thank you. boosting our, our confidence in our Discord. Thank <laughs> Discord you, Jasmine. Server. Yeah, I guess it means you can have more emotes, which is like emojis, but like mm. custom yeah. emojis. Mm. Yeah, like, like right. Walker John. Mm. Mm. <laughs> this is why I respect her so much, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, she's not afraid to go there. I, I lost my husband is the tag yeah. for that. <laughs> Oh, okay. So she said her, her friend gifted her nitro and she doesn't know what to do, what else to use it for. So she gifts, gifts boosts. It, it's nitro. Okay, let me just explain <laughs> this for the lamp. And, and this is even a struggle for me. It's like when you get the paid version of Slack, let's say, you, you get all these extended features ah. as a Slack user. Okay. It's like Discord. It's when you have nitro, it's like you have the oh. paid version of oh, yes. Discord. Okay, when I was having trouble changing my profile picture, it wanted me to buy that. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to. Okay, now it makes sense. Now it's clicked. Okay. It wanted me to buy that, so I said no. no. <laughs> I don't not want it. Spending do that. real money. Get out of here. No real money. That's yeah. That's how that happened. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. So yeah. I did. I did figure out and how I to run change. A pod- I run, help do this podcast that's thing. Right. I pay for things. I did figure out how to change my profile picture. Screw that. Oh, thank God. Yeah. It looks good. It's the badass photo shoot that you did, right. which now I'm going to have to link to because I want to. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. You guys should check out Cosmom09's Instagram. It has this like really cool god ding dong dang <laughs> photo shoot. It's really cool. My friend Jeff did uh, those pictures. Impressed. He's awesome. Can we link to him? What is at? You'll tell me his stuff? Yeah, I absolutely will. At I am J Hill, H-I-L. So let's get to those takes now. Hot takes. Here's Sharon's take, which we will edit to hell. Here we go. Oh. Hey, Dave. Um, it's really late. <laughs> I'm really tired. But I have some notes for tomorrow's show. Just a few little things I noticed. Because like I was telling Rachel, it's a lot easier for me to participate when we're actually talking than rather than me tell you what I thought about the episode uh, like this. So the main thing I wanted to say was Carol, Kelly, uh, Magna, and Rosita were like the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. <laughs> um, whereas it's war, famine, pestilence, and death. We've already had the war and the pestilence. And right now they're dealing with famine. So what's up next is death. Um, whatever that may entail. But it's just an interesting parallel um, with the four horses and the four horsewomen. And what's been going on in the past season seasons. What what do you think that means? Like, so let's talk about this this concept a little bit because yeah. So so what I wish I would have asked her last night, and I, I thought about it, and then I and then I didn't end up doing it, and now I'm kicking myself in the ass over not asking her. I want I wondered which of these women she felt represented which horsemen. So like that's I, what have, I was ho- that's was hoping yeah. that you're going to wade into. Yeah. I I have an idea of who I think fits into those roles, but I I would really like to know if Sharon Day has placed these women into any of those roles. Well, can we let's do the setup for that because okay. it it literally is it's Car- let's just say the names of the people first and then we'll say what they represent because the way it happens is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you've got Carol You've got Magna and got Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's been things going on between these people, not mostly between Carol and Magna, but regarding Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout this episode. Uh, and we can get into that a little bit later. But then they see Rosita and pick her up along the way. So I thought that was actually kind of interesting if you're taking Sharon D's idea mm-hmm. 
We're like, okay, so what is Rosita? Let's start with Rosita. Like, what do you think she represents? And if you're not completely sure, we can work it out. We can struggle session this. Yeah. I'm see, and that's I'm not enti- I'm not entirely sure either. For me, Carol represented war. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and I think Magna. This is this is going to be a stretch. This this is a huge stretch. But for me, Magna represented famine because she she looks skinny. Well, oh. well, sure that could def- <laughs> that could def- I mean, I sure know. that could definitely play into it. But I supermodel. Again, I don't no, know. No, this is a big stretch. But for me, Magna represented no, famine because. She was lost for so long and uh, assumingly without food when she was lost before, you know, she showed up at Hilltop. Pestilence, I think I could probably associate Rosita with that. Only, again, this is a huge stretch, only because she was at Alexandria at the time that Dante poisoned the water. Ah, I see. I see. So that's a big stretch. Well, unfortunately, Uh, that leaves Kelly to represent death. And I don't, however, mm -hmm. uh, although I don't think Kelly would die, I think. It may be a for like if if this whole all plays out, it could be a sign of maybe Connie not surviving. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, Jasmine says uh, Magna is actually the only one seen eating the horse meat, <laughs> and and yet Carol is the one who has to actually Kill plunge it, yeah. the knife. So right. uh, I find that kind of odd, yeah. considering what happens too. I mean, Car- Carol's literally using hope. Yeah, you know, like okay, this is our you know we got to dig deep here, be practical. Kind of like what Magna was trying to say to her: "Be practical. We got to save what's left." You know, the it, the yin and the yang is showing up again and again. Like the the idea of I'm like you, you're like me, and yet we're at odds in some way for some reason. I was actually thinking something else. Naturally, of course, you and you know, even you and me, like we we think we look at Carol, we think war, right? Because when I think of like Rosita and all the training she did at the beginning of season ten, and like the boxing and ignoring Coco, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think of like her preparing for war, being ready for war, having that really wicked ass. It's it's and I get what her weapon is now. Like it took me. This is how slow I am. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm just apologizing to all of you. It's Rosita. The little spines on her weapon are thorns. Get it? And there's a picture of a rose on it. Okay. I'm I'm asking you if you get it. I'm proclaiming to the world. I didn't get it at first. I, I, I didn't understand it. Yeah. It's like you mess with the bull, you get the horns. You mess with the Rosita, you get the thorns. <laughs> Boom. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> My bad, everybody. Anyway, so I, I kind of associated her with war. But beyond that, I, I, I'm lost. It's like I, I could skip pestilence and, was it pestilence, war, famine, and death, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm going down that path, like Magna is death. And I, I, I say that only because she, we thought she was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like she escaped death and therefore becomes it. I, I don't mm, know, but okay, okay. And that maybe Carol is more the famine thing, and then she is attempting to alleviate people of the famine. Like you know, it's like the it's like it's like the four horsewomen of the apocalypse in reverse, right? They're trying to to combat the thing of which they are against. You know, like the what they represent. Mm-hmm. So Rosita, and maybe the okay. Wait, wait. This is an interesting mm. thought. Okay, okay, okay. When you think of Abraham. What what instantly flat? What are the the attributes that flash in your mind about Abraham? You can probably tell where I'm going with this. Uh, what do I think of when, when you I first think saw of Abraham? Him. When you first saw him on the scene, what was the first thing you thought of? Military. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so let's keeping in mind the four four horsemen of the apocalypse, women of the apocalypse, <laughs> what they are trying to combat against. What I, I think Rosita represents in the moment. 
but then what Abe's dream, mm-hmm. this dream that Rosita has of Abe, who we typically associate with military, maybe he's trying to warn Rosita about something in relation to war, to maybe avoid war. Or another you know, military. Be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or to, yeah, to avoid what we would normally do in a situation like this, which is conflict. I mean, think about how Abe went out. He went out trying to go against this force of which we have no understanding, or we thought we had understanding. Maybe the message is the same again. Because the, the message is in the dream is like, he did this and then he promptly got shot. Yeah. It's in his yeah, head. Yeah, so, in the dream, yeah. I don't mm. know. Maybe, again, this, is, this should come as a, as a disclaimer after everything I say, and I should pre-record it. <laughs> like, maybe I'm overthinking this. Well, and the, okay, here's <laughs> the whole, okay, my whole thing about the dream, uh, Rosita having a dream about Abraham. The only thing I've done so far is make a note of it. She had a dream about Abraham. As of right now. Yeah, me too. As, yeah, Same. As of right now, I don't think I have enough information to even even try to come up with a theory for what it could mean. I need more to go on. Right now, it's just, it's right here. Don't forget that this happened. That's really all I'm doing with that information just yet. I agree. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I, and I wasn't even going to, I wasn't even sure if I was going to bring it up. <laughs> That's how little I had on that. Yeah. But then when Sharon kind brought of this thing up, into like, it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a thing here. Maybe there's some yeah. But anyway, so Jasmine says, um yeah. I think I think Carol represents death. <laughs> she seems to be a death bringer to the horse as well as her past. And uh, any yeah. and any children who cross her path. So yeah, I, I could agree with that. <laughs> I could agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beta pan flute. <laughs> Since we're on the Magna Carol subject um yeah i I, maybe i'll get back on the track maybe maybe i you can help me clarify something i've watched this episode several times maybe i'm missing something that i need you to point out for me but magna has her little moment with carol where she basically tells her to stop giving kelly this false hope that connie is alive first no first of all okay first of all uh, that to me is all is confusing so is carol trying to convince kelly that connie is not alive or give her hope that she is that was confusing so and i i had to kind of a little bit kind of clear that up for myself when i was watching it it seems to me that carol is taking kelly beyond the walls kind of continuing to like look uh, for connie i assume to look for connie yeah which yeah continuing the conversation from 10c that she is alive yeah so that would be episode 17 i think right um, where they th- kind of sort of i think so and then magna's like stop doing that she's like don't yeah, don't magna's give her like, hope yeah, stop doing that don't give her hope exactly well exactly okay that okay. which she did in season nine too when it came to luke by the way uh about going to find luke yeah when he when he was lost remember. yeah because yeah okay that's what i thought was happening but it was very confusing because I mean, I we don't hear, unless I'm wrong, unless I completely miss something, I never heard Carol come right out and say to Kelly, we got to keep looking, Connie's out there, come on, we got, you know, where's your faith? We got to go look for her. Like, I never heard Carol say anything even close to that. So the only hope she's giving Kelly is actually physically going out and continuing to look for Connie. I don't understand why that's a bad thing. I don't understand Magna's point of view at all. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's what you're worried about. Okay, because I was going to say, oh, oh, I was going to launch it to, well, of course it makes sense. Right. Kyle feels partially responsible. Absolutely. Kelly loves Connie, her I don't, sister. So. I don't understand where, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand where Magna's coming from. I don't have to do that, from. so that's good. No, I'm totally on Carol and, and Kelly's side. I don't understand oh, what Magna's so, problem is. Well, again, yin-yang. This mm. is going to be great. I love this part. Because 
we both understand the the Carol component and the Kelly component. Well, yes. Kelly, Connie, they're sisters. Absolutely. You know, there's a vested interest. She's part of the old group, whatever. Con- Carol, responsible for possibly, you know, like she yep. feels responsible for it, regardless of what, you, what everybody else thinks. Yep. That's what she feels. Kelly and Carol have that moment in the car in 1016, which was really, really... Oh. Oh, oh, I love right? that. I heard okay. all the stories about you. Oh, oh. yes. The, the lone wolf. Yeah. You're, you're a badass. I don't know what the sign is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I don't know. I just felt like this was the thing. I don't know. Sorry. Everybody, I'm sorry. I apologize profusely. Maybe I'll edit it out. Maybe I won't. Anyway, so, but, but, but why is Magnet this way? And I thought about it and I was like thinking to myself, well, this is a perfect yin yang moment because. Of all people, who might directly feel most responsible, regardless of whether or not it was Carol's fault, let's say, Magna might feel personally responsible for losing track of Connie. Sure. Especially because they were together. Connie's deaf. Yeah. Right. And, but in, yes, exactly. Right. But especially because Connie's deaf and hard of hearing mm-hmm. or deaf. And so, like, you feel, you, in some ways, you are going to feel like even, even that much more responsible for, like, you know, she can't hear everything around her, but like, you know, she like as much as somebody is capable, that is, there is a sense of disadvantage. And sometimes you want to watch out for your people. Yeah. Everybody has a disadvantage of some sort. Right. And that's clearly demonstrated in this episode throughout, by the way, like Alden getting stabbed in the stomach several times. And <laughs> as, and we've, oh, I love how this episode played out. I'm, I'm going through a highlights reel of that examples of that, but like of all the times where we said, it doesn't matter how, how capable you are. Like the walkers, they're going to get you. You mm-hmm. can't always be too careful. They're going to get you. You know, like, and so. Right. Don't be too you know, cocky. And we see that. Walkers don't care if you're don't cocky. Be. No, <laughs> no. It, 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 and if walkers are an analogy for entropy, how things break down, everything breaks down. Oh, yeah. Everything breaks down. The cracks show eventually. So anyway, enough about high-minded concepts. <laughs> but going back to Magna. Yeah. So why wouldn't she say to, to everybody? She has, you know how we were saying lately, um, they have to be okay, or Hilltop and Alexander have to be rare, you know, they have to be, or else what? Did I just fail mm-hmm. zillions of times? Magna, she has to be dead, or else I'm going to go crazy, you know? I feel responsible, and if she is alive, I'm going to freak out. I, I'm not saying that this is exactly it, but like, can you imagine, like, having that kernel of hope when you're right there? right next to that person for, for right when you were trying to yeah. lead your way out of a herd and you're the only one that remains survivor's guilt sure oh absolutely that says a lot more about magna than it does anybody else though i mean honestly like magna has decided that connie is dead she's decided it's not worth looking for her anymore and now she's trying to convince everybody else that it's not worth looking for connie anymore and and if she can get everyone else to do that then then she was right then it was okay for her to stop looking. But if they continue to look and find her, what does that say about Magna? I mean, this is yeah. this is sort of like her thought process, I feel like. I, I think it's more like self-preservation. It's like, and we do what we need to to survive. And that just doesn't, it's not limited to food. Yeah. It's also limited to mental survival. It's like, oh my God, she has to be dead. She has right. to be dead. So because if she's not dead, I can't live with myself or i can't and yet you know people find themselves you know oh i, I guess i can yeah <laughs> i guess well I can. they have to you have to like, you have to move on like negan like you see negan in this episode being constantly reminded of how he failed <laughs> and yet yeah. and yet over and over. we find a way we find a way it, it does remind me a lot about morgan thinking i lose people i lose myself and then she, carol chooses to find henry and she finds him she actually finds him she's having the same problem morgan is having 
She's like, ah, you know, I just don't want to find him and find him dead like Sophia. Mm-hmm. And then the allegories to Sophia in that, in that, remember Sophia was running away from that walker and she was in that, that root, that yeah, mess like, of roots, like, I think it was. Yeah. Like a under, on the bank, like a tunnel thing or yeah. Like a canopy, a canopy of roots. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in a, in, in a, like a small river or like a stream, cre- stream, creek. I don't know. Yeah. Creek prop- is a better word. Proper yeah. word. <laughs> right. Right. It's the, it was literally the same shot. Um, as the one with Sophia, if you remember from season eight, uh, all right, from season one. Oh, with Henry as Henry as the one we see Henry in. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. And, and Henry's found alive mm-hmm. in that thing. Anyway, so so I, it, it's good to remind people of that and that and that how that how that's changed her a little bit. You know, even though she loses Henry seasons later, right. or like actually literally the very next season, but it's like six or seven right. years, years later, later for them. Oh, that's so cruel. Mm. It's so... Ah, oh, Gimple. Kirk, ah, that's... Of all the times where people say, oh, Glenn and Maggie, uh, whatever. I mean, like, I mean, I know you do. But, like, well, I keep thinking about Carol. What a raw deal, man. Like, how many times can you get pummeled by Gimple and Kirk Kirkman and, <laughs> and Hooth and Angela Kang? <laughs> like, because they're all responsible. Well... Let's throw them all in the fire. You know, I... <laughs> No matter what happens to Carol, yeah. I'm just glad that she's here. So we, at the end of the day, we can say at least thank you to anyone involved for letting her survive this long because she wasn't supposed to. No, oh my so, God. Yeah. I, no matter what I'm she goes through. I'm half inclined to tell him, please put her out of her misery. No, <laughs> kidding, you shut your face. I'm kidding. You shut I'm your face. Kidding. No. Well, isn't that selfish of us, Carol though? lives forever. Like, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe she wants to be... <laughs> anyway. But maybe this goes... Okay, maybe this gets to stay in because maybe this goes to show of all the things we think we can't live with, Carol. Yeah. And of all people to understand well, Magna. I mean, I know. Or, I- sorry, of all people to understand Carol to Magna's problem, right? Magna's problem is I lose. Oh, I lost Connie. Yeah. And she has to be gone or else I lose myself in a weird way, right? Like I'm guilty for leaving her behind or not doing everything I can. And yeah. no, you'll find a way. You'll find a way. Look at Carol. She'll find, she found a way. Absolutely. You know, I, I know I go back to Carol's past quite a bit, but Carol had to deal with shit before the apocalypse. This woman, this woman has done nothing but blossom in the apocalypse. Like she is becoming who she, you know, always was in the apocalypse. It was life before that was awful for her. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It is a, a dark mirror, though. Like she just like walking into the apocalypse. For Carol has been a you know you you trade one problem for another. Mm-hmm. But why I say you're right is that at least it's on her terms. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, there obviously there are many things that are out of someone's hands, particularly Carol's. And if any lesson where you would learn that is in the amount of loss that she's had to experience. Like, well, it's not really. At least it's not like my fault. It's not like I because I didn't do everything I could to save Sophia from Ed's beatings and abuse and harassment or whatever. Yeah, I, I did everything I could and that yeah. makes the difference. And I did and I do it again and again and again, you know? And so Absolutely. it is like yin and yang, right? Trading and suffering, but at least there's more control on this end. Yeah. Lone wolf. Exactly. I don't yeah. Know, sorry. She does have she does have a little a, you know, more sense of control. Not entirely, obviously, because shit happens, right. but but like you said, when when shit does go bad, it's not entirely her fault. Well, yeah, yeah, she has more agency. That's that's the key yes. word, agency. Yeah. So whereas before she relinquished that agency to Ed. In the scene where Maggie and Agatha and Duncan and Negan and uh, Alden get attacked, the scene that everybody was trying to must be so get was bitten. For a second, I looked away, and when I turned around, I thought it was Maggie. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. 
So actually, so what Sharon is actually referring to, okay, obviously she was, she's referring to the encounter where all the walkers are starting to come. This is just post the attack. The walkers are coming out of nowhere. Um, well, this is after, and all this the, is after they find Agatha and Duncan. So Duncan's already gone and Maggie, Alden, Negan, and we, Agatha right, we don't know where are he going is. through the woods. Duncan had already passed. Correct. They, they go into the woods uh, and then yeah, Agatha gets bit. But what Sharon is referring to is because of the teaser that they gave us just before the uh, season aired, everybody was trying to was losing their mind trying to guess. Who oh my god, bit, yeah. is Gage the one who got bit? Is Alden the one who got bit? <laughs> like you see an arm that gets bit by a walker who happens to be Nicotero, and we all didn't know it. I don't know ah! one person oh, that called that. Geez. We did not. I was, did you know? Did you not? No, notice? I was so focused on the arm, I didn't even look at the walker. Damn it. Like, even watching the episode, I could not tell it was him. Oh, no? Like in seasons okay. past, we can surely guess. Uh-huh. Right? Because I just we just showed that in our episode yeah. with uh, Just Keep Walking. I showed with multiple him pictures the camera. of Nicotero. Yeah. That gratuitous motherfucker. Damn. Anyway, so, I'm going to pay extra close but attention But you really could not back. tell. I did, but you really can't because it's so messed. Because walkers are so messed up at this well, point and it, for the most part. It, it's mostly a top of the head shot, isn't it? Because he's like doing one of these. Oh, you get some clear shots of the face Do too. Okay. It's just, it right. just there's so much prosthesis. It's you really can't tell, <laughs> but you can tell that he's into it. Nice <laughs> that motherfucker. Right? Yes. From Gage to Alden, some people did guess Maggie. You know, some people, but. <laughs> and Sharon was like, oh my God, they actually did it. And then she's like, oh no. And now I'm trying to figure out whether she's sore about this because she's in the chat right now or not. Okay, so. About it not being Maggie? Like, I don't know if she's happy that it may have been Maggie. It, it, just that for that one instance, she thought it. <laughs> well, actually, maybe you can fill in the blanks. What does Sharon do you feel about for, towards Maggie at all, if anything? Well, I think. That you, that you may know. I, I think Sharon and I kind of feel the same about Maggie. Like, she's ambivalence well or? she's you know she's she's there we like her she's not like she's a person yeah she's not like our favorite but she's she's there she's right on screen now again <laughs> right there's no ill feelings there's no, no... Uh-uh. Right, no right i mean right. she's not making the best decisions right now but i, f- I sense like because based on the last episode <laughs> you you said Something to the effect of, oh, yeah, when we were talking about the credits, and you're like, oh, she's, there she is right in the beginning. Yes. Again. What's the, uh, uh, come on, man. <sighs> but he, yeah. this is the fear, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep this in because this is all the fear that I have. Not that specifically, but the fear that I have of Kim Dickens possibly returning Fear the Walking Dead. Not the credits thing, because she deserves a credit, but like the overshadowing of her return possibly taking some of the spotlight away from like let's say alicia or more even morgan or other people or luciana have... i mean people who already right, need right. more screen time <gasps> yeah whoa did you yeah. see that so you said i that's crazy yeah. i didn't think of that so oh, i didn't Charity, see that coming charity would have would have felt swell i would have been excited she said had it been maggie who got bit uh and then she, she says also this. then she also says maggie has been a little too morgan for me lately yeah I'll lose people. Yeah. I'll lose myself. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, said last episode. You know, mission oriented and just oh, go, go, go. Tunnel vision. It, Tunnel vision. My way or the highway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the one thing, the one major thing that makes me, that Morgan does that makes me crazy. As much as I love him, like there are things obviously that annoy me. And, and so when I see him do things like relinquish control or say, oh, it can't be my way. You know, it, it, I have to let other people in. Alicia's capable. Uh, oh, maybe this turn, oh, this won't work. So yeah, and you're seeing a lot of that behavior prior. 
uh, on Maggie's end of things. And I, I, I want to get to that, but we'll, we'll, let's, let's talk. We'll get to that eventually. The other thing I noticed was it wasn't prayer that made Gabe pull the screwdriver or whatever that was out of his leg. If you remember, he was standing there repeating a prayer over and over again, over and over again, trying to pull it out, but he didn't pull it out until he saw the reaper limping away. That is what gave him the um, impetus to actually pull the screwdriver out of his leg. So when he said God isn't here anymore, I think he realized that revenge and I guess survival maybe, but revenge and getting back is is what is driving him now, is what his God is now. That was my takeaway. So I hope this is something you can use. Oh my God, please feel free to not include (laughs) my face in this. Burp, 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 burp. I can't wait to hear you guys. Love, Love you too. Love you. Okay. Yes. Okay. So let's let's Ooh. pick that. That was a yeah. fun take. That last one is like Sharon mm. knows how to build up the takes. That like scene. she chose. Here's the low hanging. Here's like the maybe this is something. This is pretty interesting. This is awesome. God level. <laughs> it's like I'm kind of all over the place when it comes to Gabe right now. I am kind of bothered by his lack of faith right now. I, this, is, this is hard for me to watch. It makes me feel bad for him. I feel sympathy towards him right now in his lack of faith. How much he believed in God and the, the strength he got from God, I think, was a lot of his strength in general. And without that, it's like, what, what do we what's have? left? What is left of Gabe without his faith? And are we going to like this version? Is this... Is this a version of Gabe that we want on our team? Is this, I mean, where does he draw the line? Without faith, where does he draw the line? And to your point, particularly you saying this is insane to me. Right, yeah. Because. We know how I feel about Gabe. (laughs) Right. There's a little bit of caveat emptor, right? Buyer beware. Hmm? You asked for this. Yeah, yeah. You got it. But I like that. It's like, oh, remember Remember what I said about the what if episode? Like, what if Glenn had been spared? But like, so what Mm. if? Well, and you know what? Maybe we are getting the what if episode. Because here's faith. Well, no, no. Further down the point is like, what if Gabriel got spared? And maybe he was, because technically he was. Like, what if Gabriel was spared? And he was from the tower, from Beta's disembowelment on the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the, I'm referring to the comics people. Mm-hmm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be clear. I, I'm like, and when was he spared? But yeah, in the books. And and died. so like we're seeing what that looks like. We're seeing uh, that dark path that the Gabe is taking. And I, it's I, I'm sorry, I'm getting shivers. Yeah. Like not because I'm impressed with Gabe now. Now we're moving on to narrative shivers. Like <laughs> oh Angela Kang, oh Angela Kang, are you married? Oh shit. <laughs> Am I married? Am I married? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, but you get what I'm feeling. Like it's, yeah. it's like, oh, this is a little exciting. It's like taking this, something that was supposed to happen yeah. and doing something completely crazy with it. This really, really, really opens the door for what kind of character Gabe Gabriel can become. Who who is he? Who is he without his faith? And I this is I'm excited. I'm excited to watch because I get to watch it as a viewer. I would be terrified if I lived in this world with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as a viewer, you're, I'm you're ready illustrating for it. so many yeah. good points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, let's, the caveat is uh, I, I don't want to live in zombie yeah. apocalypse. Hey, we just, we just established toilet paper, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, and then men with faith 
you know, we just having talked about Morgan as kind of a sort of a man of faith, like an Aikido and all life is precious, that mm, sort of thing. Yeah. And then we've seen what that looks like without it. The interesting thing is that like Gabe has slowly been unraveling or slowly been letting go of this. We saw this in one more, but we've seen this centimeter by centimeter happening throughout season nine and 10 because of the time jump. Mm-hmm. I, not just, uh, let me just say, no, be prior to the time jump. Wow. Because him with Jadis and him getting a little tougher, him saying no to Jadis, standing up for himself, that sort of thing. Post post all out war, basically surviving his sickness, his illness as he was cap, you know, held captive by the saviors and stuff like that. I wanted to know your take on what the Reaper was saying. He was reciting a prayer and and talking about how he's blessed and we're blessed and and all of this. Now, now, do you think that this is a personal thing that he's going through, or is this a reaper motto slogan catchphrase thing going on uh it is i i'm firmly in the camp now i'm not i think we have enough evidence i mean if means pope marked you (laughs) (laughs) sorry it like once every episode it's like ikikil you can't forget things like this you can't forget things like never forget ikikil never forget hashtag ikikil yeah if if Pope is a thing and is a name. I don't think that it's the guy's name, although people have been named Pope before, usually a last name. I was going to say, it could be his last name, yeah. Let's not play that game, though. If somebody is saying this, and then there's faith embedded within this Reaper culture, and I'm going to get to, there's other bits of evidence that we're going to get to later on because it does have some interplay with what our group is going through. But I I am starting to think that there's a religious component, you know, obviously with the the Judas, Mm -hmm. the burnt, the flayed, sorry, the flayed man or the burnt man. Uh, with the Judas plaque above him or her, you never know because she's it. She or she's burnt to death. Right. And it's that Dakota. Could be, you know, and <laughs> oh God, I'm Ooh, think about it. I'm not thinking about it right now. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that is, I, just a side note is like, okay, seeing that Judas Walker burnt, tied to the tree, right, and then still alive. That's the thing that surprised me most about that is that it was still alive. Right. Well, just means we, the we've, brain we've, was still intact. Right. No. And I, I get that. Yeah. And that's obviously an easy explanation. But we've seen in the past where like, OK, oh, fire is a good, effective thing against walkers. They're attracted towards it. Oh, like, you know, yeah. and they usually kind of burn to death and turn to ash, you know, and then the whole threat averted. Right. Usually. But like I'm looking at this walker and it's just burnt so badly. It's in the jaws coming off and everything. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, it I hope it wasn't alive. Awesome looking. But now I turn back to Dakota. I'm thinking to myself. Oh, shit. Can you imagine? Like, what if she is still, like, roaming around there, topside? Yeah. Oh, that's a threat they have to deal with. Oh, and what if they brought Zoe Coletti back just to do that? Oh, (laughs) that would be so freaking cool. But also so freaking twisted, though, right? Yeah. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. Let's let's bury the baby. Let's bury the baby. So, so, (laughs) so, so. Going back to the religious aspect of that, I think I I, I do. Oh, see- by the way, Sharon, sorry, Sharon's. I have to comment on this. Sharon is saying she's Ash. I'm like, no, she's not. If you have a high resolution screen, you can still see hair in the back of. <laughs> you can still see hair in the back of Dakota's head Ooh. that is not burnt. Yeah, Yikes. it's twisted. Ooh. It's twisted. Burnt hair on <laughs> the back of Dakota's head. I got to go back and look at that again. Anyway, so, uh, okay, so I do like, I like what you're saying about, like, this religious aspect um, with the with the Reapers. And I do, and I could see that happening. Now, one side of me is like, mm, yeah, 
I don't, I, I don't like, okay, religion and politics are just two things that you should never talk about with anybody that you care to remain friends with. So the idea that they're brings, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're two very hot topics that, that most people are not going to agree on, agree on. So right. I tend to avoid those conversations. So I, it does make me nervous to think about this religious aspect being brought so heavily into this group because I, I feel like it could very easily create a divide in the fandom. Huge. Oh, huge. I see what you're saying. I had yeah. to link what you were trying to say. Okay, fine. I could see a huge problem within the fandom. Now, for the show's sake, I'm excited where this could go because at the same time we're seeing this, let's call them a religious group, building up. Gabe is losing his faith. So we have religion being more important to this evil group and less important to our father. So I feel like at some oh, point... Oh, you said our father. Oh, I mean... It's kind of yeah. cute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I could see a point in which something happens and Gabe Gabe's faith is just snapped back into full force. And Oh, and optimism. I, I mean, I'm hoping so. I mean, come on. Okay. I feel like Gabe's going to see this group using religion, using God's message in the wrong way. And he is not going to stand for that. I have a feeling if we haven't already seen a fire lit under Gabe's ass, it's coming soon. Interesting. Okay, because what I'm about to say is... <laughs> Gonna go further into the yin yang, <laughs> oh, okay. the yin yang theory more because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing th- this thing where I'm the opposite of you, but we are we have the same kernels okay. Of, okay. of essence. You know, like like we came from the same the spot, same but, but different. We went in different. <laughs> right, right. I see in you what was once in me. That kind of thing. You know, that kind of. But like, isn't you it know, weird to hear me talk about Gabe like this though? Like. It is, and I'm, I'm you. You wait, just wait for it. And remember the first episode we covered. I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, but this is what's going to get a little, little interesting because, and maybe this is another high-minded concept. So bear with me. What if? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can't even get it's it like out. The Negan thing. What if the Reaper isn't real? The Reaper. Yeah. Well, the, the Reaper that does the prayer and oh. Father, pray for me. That one particular one. What if he isn't real? Here's why I say this. Okay, you got to keep going. Yeah, I'm I'm on the edge. Because they're doing the same Push thing. Me over here. Okay, Gabriel's Gabriel's having a prayer for strength to take the thing out yep. and then as Sharon D said, the thing that makes him take the thing out is this motivation to for revenge or this motivation to put down a threat or mm-hmm. whatever that it may be. It, whether it's personal or and it could be. I want to kill the thing that made me weak, you know, like I want to kill the thing that is weakness. Okay, yeah. And then he gets to the guy and he's he's got a prayer. His prayer is to pay his own respects. Like, you know, even though I am dying, even though I walk through the though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I, I shall not want. I shall I shall fear no evil. Like they're rod and thy staff, they come for me. Right. <laughs> I, I I know this one by heart in Hebrew, but whatever. Anyway, so um yeah. I mean it's usually a prayer for mourning in the Christian world. Actually, it's 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 we say this during Kiddish on Saturdays. Um, and this is to kind of really say more like thanks, you know, like if it comes down to it, you know, you were there for me. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, Sabbath, whatever. So it, two different kinds of prayers, a prayer for 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 strength and a, and a prayer for mourning. And then I see like I'm looking at these two figures and, and they couldn't be more diametrically opposed. And yet they are religious. So yet they have 
a, a, the sense of religion, or one is passing like ships in the night to, from the other. One is holding on further to religion, and the other one is moving away from it. What if, and look, narratively, it makes sense, because narratively, we like to do things where it looks kind of cool that you see these two figures that are completely opposite, and yet they come from the same place. But what if, <laughs> what if he's not real? And then I had a wilder thought, okay? This is something I think, we, we must have said this at some point, I, and I can't remember exactly the context, because I can't remember exactly what it was. Like, I feel like we've said something like this before about somebody else in a completely different scenario. And that's, like, what, <laughs> what if Gabe is Pope? Like, what if Gabe is the leader of the Reapers and he doesn't even know it? It was a wild thought. Yeah. Okay? Except that we've already and I was seen like, Pope. But then having this wild <laughs> thought, this is why you guys love me. It's like having had that wild thought. I promise you, I, I wasn't high. I promise you, I wasn't high this time. This time. <laughs> it, you come back to the realization that it's like, we're going to get to see what it looks like to see other people draw unshakable faith in God. And I feel like when I see the Reapers move and how precisely they move and how scary they are, I mean, these people, when they came out the gate at the end of the last episode, the beginning of this episode, I'm like, holy shit. If he, they were able to mow down Maggie's most capable fighters and they clearly looked way more capable, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, than a lot of our Alexandrians, like even Carol, like even Magna, like even whomever, even Negan. I, they just, they looked like they were just burst out of a cartoon okay all of them frost looked, to agatha they looked like fighters not just people yeah. swinging weapons they looked like fighters right yeah and then and then you think about when you, and you think about this like religious guy he didn't look that muscular he didn't look that but you know obviously he had training he had whatever this or that but then the religious component the thing that makes you think you can do anything that to me is terrifying I have no judgments on religion, but what I do know is psychology, and what I do know is the placebo effect is real. It's a weird thing when somebody believes a piece of medicine or like a like a like a pill will actually help alleviate their suffering. Let's just say that, mm -hmm. not cure them, but alleviate their suffering. Like there, it seems like their symptoms dramatically go down, and it's measurable. It's a measurable effect. So take that and apply that to let's say a thing like religion, and. You know what? People can do amazing and extraordinary things. People can fake it till they make it. People can do a bunch of things if they just have faith. And that is going to springboard into a whole other set of conversations. But let's stay here for a minute, because faith in this episode is a big theme. Just like in the last episode, cowardice or fear, more cowardice was a theme in the last episode. Cowardice, faith. Like, we, I love these little repeating themes that we get to play with now. And then we, we, we look at you know, the, the wrangling the horses, faith that we'll find them, faith that we'll find Connie, faith that Alden will make it back or not, or faith that if we leave him behind, he'll be okay. Faith that will, uh, is, is it enough to, to have faith that you'll complete the mission, right? Is, is it enough? Or do we have to let some people go? In the absence of faith, Negan scurries Maggie away because he has enough faith in her as a leader or as a person to say she is valuable. Say what I will about her tactics. She is undoubtedly capable. She is a person in the world, and I will scurry her away. Forget Alden. Alden could take care of himself. Well, he did. He helped Alden first, <laughs> and then he went over to Maggie. And he could have easily, yeah. easily tried to help Maggie and then, oh, oh, I can't get her out. Like, he could have faked helping her and just let her die. And yet we're finding again and again and again, like, you know, at, where at first he did leave her. 
Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's choosing not to. Now, one can easily swoop in, and somebody should <laughs> swoop in and say, it has to be me. Um, yeah, that's because he wants the best chance of him getting back. Fair play. Fair play. Getting back to Alexandria? You know, yeah, let's just, let's just say. You know, I want the best chance of surviving. And maybe that's what the allegory of the cr- bloody crowbar at the end is supposed to say. Oh, don't forget about this. Doesn't that remind you of Lucille after batting Glenn? Anyway, so... We have to pick the low-hanging fruit sometimes <laughs> to pick the fruit of the bloody tree. And I, and I say all this just because we, we get to go back to Father Gabriel. And we get to, and it seems like if the Reapers are the most scary villains of the Walking Dead universe, same thing that we heard about. <laughs> I mean, well, like, look, listen. Every group the, uh, we meet's been the scariest so far. <laughs> right. What yeah. were the, the Enders, we call them? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Enders did come first. Let's just be fair. These are the most scary villains of the world. And they were. I... I could see that being scary. Cults being a scary thing, you know? I think Teddy was more scary than the Enders themselves. He had, he even I, had the Enders fooled about his Grandmaster plan. So. Yeah, it, it's scary how manipulative he played us <laughs> as, as a podcast Yeah, Teddy was, for a moment. Teddy was the scary one. The Enders, I just kind of feel <sighs> bad for all of them. They were, they were just as duped as we were as viewers. <laughs> mm-hmm. for that one episode yep. and then the next episode oh my god or like yeah the beginning of the next episode we're like what are you doing to her face thing <laughs> gross teddy gross <laughs> anyway so uh, ew, right you're thinking about it and i'm like oh how did i ever think oh anyway so um no enter the reapers right mm-hmm. and it's way scarier it's like oh it's like okay wait it's like the enders with knives well <laughs> like, i was thinking the only for you for you the only group scarier right now is crm yeah you know, and, and there there's something to be said about that. Like, I pause because it's like, why are they scarier, though? Right? Because they have the means or they have the, they have they the, have the determination of a different kind. They have the numbers and they have the equipment, the people, the the weapons. They're like a more a bigger, more organized group of Reapers. They come at night and by the right. time you see them, you're already dead. Right. <laughs> and, the, and the religious zealotry isn't really faith in a, a okay well we're we gonna are get a little to that light of the world i mean that has a right. religious aspect to it definitely well less religious like it's the exact opposite remember what I, when we touched we touched on like the communist aspect of it okay yeah, yeah, yeah communism the complete absence of belief system right and and more to the point we believe in ourselves as a as a in a unity like a like a kind of governmental structure. Well, they'd have, like, you'd have to believe in your government in a communist state, right? I mean, you'd have to believe well, you'd have that to have you're faith. being provided for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You'd have to have faith in the system, though. Yeah. You'd have to have belief in the system, which means you would relinquish a little bit of that authority to the military to enforce that yeah. belief on the people. Yeah. And so and when you take that and you re-com- you know, put it in a little washing machine and tumble it around a little bit, it's like, okay, well... We're believing in ourselves. We believe in our own self-determinism, that we are the light of the world, like you said. Yeah. And so that's a bit, it's culty, but it's not religious. It's, it's like this weird, again, yin-yang of the Reapers and the CRM. Then you start to think the Commonwealth ain't that bad. Right? <laughs> it's not all that bad. Well, It's a little bit yeah. of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> I think the Commonwealth thinks... Is they- good intention, too. Well, I think they have good intentions, and I think that they are a big group of people who think they know what they're doing, but have absolutely no fucking idea what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm in a way, I'm hoping that's the case, right? Like yeah. your best case scenario is that like they're deluded into thinking this is the way, yeah. because if it's not, 
then something fishy is going on here. Or somebody is pretending, like Ezekiel, like the kingdom. Yeah. Oh my God, We I think Ooh. we may have just solved the reason why Ezekiel survived the pikes, or a reason to bring to Ezekiel into this world. We to the Commonwealth. Oh. High five, yeah. Rach. High five. We did it. That's awesome. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you like what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to top that. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, because Ezekiel could bring the shit tumbling down. Like he'd be like, "Do you know what I did? Yeah, just prior to this, like five years yep. ago, whatever. I was you, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yet, like they want to make him a zookeeper or an actor or whatever they want to maybe do with him. And then, t- oh my God, Rach, you want to take this a little further? Let's do it. <sighs> I don't know if I like this, but I kind of do. But my heart hurts thinking about it. Oh, no. Nobody's ever said. And I haven't heard this, at least, or I might be living under a rock. I have not heard one person say Ezekiel taking on the Dwight role. No. Uh-uh. No. You don't think? No. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, not exactly, obviously, because... The attitude isn't right. The, right. But it could be this thing where, like, if, this, if the Commonwealth is diluted, and Ezekiel's the only one to see it because he's been through what they've been through. Okay, I see what you're saying now. And he dies on what... his own petard because he's trying to show them what this is what it's like. This is what it is. Well, I'm not saying that he's going to dissuade them, but like like what you're the path you're going down, though well-intentioned, is wrong. In the books, it is Dwight who basically brings it to everyone's attention that Pamela Milton has no idea what she's doing. She's a big faker, basically. And well, unfortunately, Dwight dies because of that. Right. Rick kills him. Right. Right. Um, Because the people need it. Right. Because because Dwight is inciting panic and he's getting people riled up and they can't have that. They need people to fall in line. Well, come to find out, yeah, Pamela doesn't know what the hell she's doing and a, a better leader does need to be elected. It's not until Mercer starts seeing that and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Dwight was right. Whoops. (laughs) <laughs> or at least he was on the right track. Right, yeah. See, Dwight's methods are what really took him down in the comic book. Right. Now, if... It was the methods. And if Ezekiel can shine a light on that, but with different methods, because he's Ikikiel. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Hopefully, he will come out of it alive on the other side. That would be cool. Right. I like that. I like I, that. I like that. I think, we're, I think we're on the right track, and yeah. I'll tell you why. Because of his encounter with Mercer, mm-hmm. it takes like a, an initial rubbing of someone the wrong way yeah butting to heads make an impression yeah. to make an impression right to plant a seed of like oh i, I need agree. to watch this guy oh oh i'm loving this i'm loving this so much right? i think we're on to something oh we are so on to this yeah oh and nobody yeah. said this nobody oh, has said this we and, did right and, now oh it's being God. recorded <laughs> i hope i don't lose this recording don't even put that in the universe good lord oh no. wow we, I we'll like just this. say it again yeah. <laughs> i'm happy to go through it all again for you people no, i like it um, i like it I'm it makes so much more this. sense it does and uh yeah. yeah having having mercer see it blah 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 and put it into action but yep and it could be just like you know ezekiel this is like his deathbed yeah, that's why my heart hurts it's <gasps> like his deathbed thing and they have the medicine they can they can cure his cancer they can cure his cancer remission but first he has to admit but, he has you know, it and then, which which also means admitting that he lied. And then they're going to go, oh, really? What else did you lie about? Shit. Right. Right. I'm not liking it. It's the most inglorious way to die. You know, like the most. You know. It's just useless. The only, the only thing I will say is at least it's his choice. At least he's deciding. Right? I mean, there's oh, something in that. which brings back agency. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Good call. What, what is going on here? Because <laughs> we record during the day. I'm, We're so much sharper. I'm fresher in the afternoon, here? I guess. <laughs> <sighs> Where do we go from here? Just, uh, bye, folks. Good night. Or good day. Remember what we were talking about last episode? Where, where we butt heads? Like where yeah. rugged individualism butts heads with the common good? Well, that's what ends up happening. Is that the thing that we love the most about The Walking Dead, make, allowing us to become our, the selves that we were meant to be, when it comes to the Commonwealth, it's like, well, look, it's helping more people than it is hurting people. And so for them to find out the truth and for us to go back to that being our best selves, but out in the wild, it, it's too harmful. And we are not the walking dead. Pamela Milton reminds me a lot of Ginny in a lot of ways. You know, people want to feel safe, but not actually making them without actually making. Right. Which, you know, I mean, I, I regret that we didn't bring up when we discussed the key uh, for the walking dead 604. I did want to touch on that because I did. I wanted to bring up, is Ginny right? Like, is there a part of Ginny? Because like I, what I was trying to explain to Charity as an addendum was, you know, you get to the point I, I find. And this is something I've been struggling with personally. Like, I find that I'm a truth seeker. I like to expose truth. We've had to deal a lot with, um, well, what does it mean to know the truth if people are still suffering? Right. I would get into specifics, but it ex- exposes me and even my unformed thoughts on certain things. But what does it matter if you found out this person lied or that person lied, you know, if, 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 you know, if the truth might expose something that make, make might make people react in the exact opposite way, well, then it didn't help people. Mm. So, right. It was mm-hmm. like Dwight, you know, like if you reveal this truth, you'll harm more people than you'll be saving. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it is a lie. Or the you know, truth, even if you're telling the truth, you're, you're going to cause a panic and more and people are going to get a way hurt in because which, of it. Yeah. And there's a way in which you can reveal that truth where it's not, mm-hmm. it, it, maybe there is a way in which you can reveal that truth where it doesn't do a ton of damage. Right. And so, yeah, I, it, it's, it's this fine line that everybody has to cross, uh, that everybody should cross carefully because the truth isn't always, the truth is a high value to me, but I'm struggling lately about like how high that value is. Mm-hmm. Like does, does revealing the truth and how you reveal the truth, is that, is that more important than keeping people safe or, you know, because there's always a tightrope, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into too much, but it, it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And it's going to come about in, the, in this show eventually. So it's something I'm going to have to confront about myself. <laughs> Here we go. Well, Here we go. you can watch your favorite characters go Yay. through the same thing and learn from their mistakes. Right? <sighs> we learn, we learn from these it. characters. <laughs> well, let's move on to Meg's take because I don't want to talk about myself anymore. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person. I am currently too busy, um, well, quitting. So consider this my two weeks notice. She's at her job. Okay. I'm not quitting, I'm here. They definitely put their all in. They know that this is their last season. They want to just go out on top. No holding back. They're pulling With out Maggie's all Maggie's torture stops. porn. I don't know those cliche sayings. Um, I absolutely love when episodes start, like, with shit hitting the fan. It reminded me a lot of episode 213. And also 701. But if I'm not mistaken, mm. this might be one of, if not the only time, where this sort of situation happened, you know, an episode that started with shit hitting the fan, where it wasn't a premiere finale. Mm. Feel free to correct me. I could be wrong. But it was like... Oh, or mid-season premiere. The episode started, right. you knew mm-hmm. shit was going to hit the fan, shit already hit the fan, and you didn't know what was going to happen. Well, let's get to that. <laughs> let's talk about what she said about the premieres and finales. And we kind of proved that shit could hit the fan any. <laughs> She, she means at the beginning of the show, right? Right, like, like to start off an episode in the middle of shit happening. That's, I think that's the, the major point she's making here, yeah. I guess 606, though, when we were discussing 606, shit was hitting the fan, right? She may also, 606. 
That was after the wolf. 606. Remind just I, after. I, well, six, the wolves were 602. Oh, not just yeah, what was 605? Because well, this is like where they're running away because of the herd and they're trying to lead the herd away from Alexandria. And, you know, and oh, Glenn is out on the motorbike oh, with wasn't, Sasha and Abe. Oh, no, that was 601, wasn't it? When the walls came down was, and, the, and they had the... Um, and the wolves came in with the and herd. Carter, and the, Carter was trying to kill Rick. He was trying to recruit people to kill Rick while they were trying to... Oh, who was that? Carter. Uh, Ethan Embry. They were all leading the walker herd away from Alexandria, but then the wolves drove the semi into the wall, which blared the horn and drew half the herd back. Yeah, that was that was the season. That was 604, 605? I think it was 601. 601? Okay. I think. But even then, like... It I, was very early in 6, but yeah. I see what you're saying. I think... I think I almost think what she means is like killing off a bunch of people right from the top of the show. Thank you. 606 like literally they was killed thank off you. Cole. Yeah. 606 was thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. Well, the one we de- deconstructed with uh, Ben from Just Keep Walking. Mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately because we're talking about faith and then when to leave people behind and when to not. Yeah. 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 It's coming up again. All right, let's move on to Cole, but let, let me let me let Meg take it over from here. Not only did the dude get his hand chopped off, he got his throat slit. Like, what the fuck? I, it's just so sad. This episode was just 10 out of 10, no doubt about it. <laughs> Cole, right? Barely knew you. <sighs> But wait, let's let's talk about our losses today. Aside from Cole, and we'll go back to Cole in a sec, right? Duncan, Agatha, it was it Frost that was burnt on the on the on the on the little post there that said Judas. Oh, that's not how I. No, I didn't think that was Frost, but I, I thought it was a. I'm just asking. I thought it was a foreshadowing to Frost. I don't trust. I don't trust Frost. I think oh. Frost is up to no good. Is the Judas? Yep. And I've heard, and I've heard other people um, suspect Elijah, and I, and I'll tell you why I don't suspect Elijah. Here's why I don't. I could be totally wrong. We always say that, right? Here's why I don't suspect Elijah because of the moment he had with Kelly. Right. That's it. That's the only reason I that I that I believe <laughs> That's Elijah. The smoke screen. That's it. Yeah. Yep. I believe everything Elijah is saying, and I think he had that vulnerable moment with Kelly, and the way he looks at Maggie. I really believe his connection to her and and that he looks to her for for everything almost you know maybe oh my god but frost is the new enid but frost is right yeah kind of but frost is is still an enigma i we don't know anything about him and correct me if i'm wrong i've asked several people and no one everyone has agreed with me we do not see cole in the opening sequence I'm, I'm sorry, not cold, not cold. Frost, frost, frost. I meant frost. We do not see frost. We're gonna in the feel opening. so stupid when he winds up dead in the next episode. I know, right? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, sure, but to be fair, we only see Elijah for a split second, and then he's off the screen too, and we don't see him the rest of the episode. So frost oh my and God. Elijah, and the way in which he was taken away too. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. Well, and who? I wonder who's on the other end of that rope. Who pulled Elijah off Maggie? Could it have been Frost? Oh, is it Frost? Was it Frost? And now, oh, and now, Frost. and now, these two are are running through the woods together, and Frost is pretending like he's trying to get Elijah he's to safety. Frolicking. Yeah, I I don't trust. <laughs> I'm not trusting Frost right now, and I think the Judas sign was a foreshadowing to Frost. Right, and you know, I mean, Judas. Right, him being the Judas, but a Judas being put up. Right, you know, that's. Yeah. That's something else. You know, and I was trying to look at that. I mean, look, when you burn somebody beyond recognition, you, there Ooh. are no features with which to tie someone to, right? But it did no. kind of look like Cole. Anyway. Uh, and Cole, I'm just going to say this out loud because it sounds so ridiculous in my head, but, you know, that's what, what I do. 
Cole kind of has a kind of a Jesus-y look, you know? Oh, not like kind a- of. Exactly. Exactly a <laughs> yes. Jesus-y look. Cole was Jesus from the comic books. That's why I'm so mad right now. Oh, I'm Lord. so I'm so mad right now. I I had Cole and Aaron shipped for the rest of time, and then they went and fucking uh, killed him. I'm so pissed. I'm so, so pissed. they killed Jesus again. Persons, uh, right? <laughs> they slit his throat. Right. I was shipping and Aaron get- and Jesus, and then we lost Jesus, and then Cole comes along, and I'm like, yes, yeah, replacement Jesus. Uh, and, and you know what's funny about that's that's what's so much funny what makes it even like oh like a twist the knife kind of thing like it happens to be this religious culty group yeah right yeah so they, they killed the religious people killed jesus jesus just can't catch a break <laughs> no he needs to die for our sins oh uh, okay uh, oh yeah. i get it now. so okay. sharon d is telling us that frost means someone with an icy or unbending disposition okay so that right, even frosty, the name yeah. is foreboding and she's also saying, but he'll rise again. Hopefully, yeah, our, yeah. Hopefully no, Jesus. No, I hope not. <laughs> Please, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> uh, I just, this is why I'm Jewish, people. I just, want, <laughs> I just want Aaron to find some love. Poor Aaron. Can we get some food first? <laughs> <laughs> eh. Oh, boy. Eh. Um, eh. Eh. <laughs> Who needs food when you have l- d- yeah. amore? You're not, not so hungry when you're getting the loving. <laughs> You know when the when the moon hits your eye with a big pizza pie, that that's what I want actually right now. Yes. I, I would love a big pizza. Fuck amore. <laughs> that does anyway. sound really good. <laughs> Frost aside, being question mark and Elijah maybe also being question mark, but either way, not maybe not dead, maybe alive. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I don't know. Seems kind of sad. Ca- Putting those captured si- those at the aside. very least. Yeah. So Becky Becky had a hot take free uh, free from the cocoon. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I lo- I've been loving her takes lately on Twitter. One of her takes was like, you know, she's not sorry that she didn't have an, an immediate attachment to Maggie's crew. Because there had been people complaining, oh, we just got to know these people. I'm so sad. She, I, she probably like, she says the thing that I just don't have the balls to say in the moment. Because like, I don't really care that much. But people are like, oh, I'm so sad that Duncan's gone. I'm so sad that Agatha's gone. I'm so sad that uh, maybe Frost is gone. Maybe that Cole is gone. Oh, poor Cole. But Becky says... Are you people crazy? <laughs> Essentially. I'm not putting words in her mouth. Yeah. You, the whole purpose was that you barely got attached to these people. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you barely got attached to these. The whole, we taking these people away so you don't get attached. And you're saying poor this and poor that. <laughs> I mean, what, what's wrong with people? No, but I'm like, with her. Would you rather see yeah, our I, group die? No, we bring new characters no. on so that we have someone to lose. More, more red shirts. Yeah. More, yes. Please, yes. More red shirts. Ship in the red shirts. But, exactly. But you know, but these are more like gold shirts or blue shirts. Like so, they have names, there is right? A significance, yeah. <laughs> right. There is a significance to having them had perished, but beyond that, like it's not the significance is not for you to make an emotional attachment. It's really to kind of enhance or to to accentuate Maggie's suffering, Maggie's mm-hmm. intense suffering. Oh, the stories. That she told in uh, 10C, in, uh, it was 1017, right? And then to have to tell that story in the last episode, and then to tell, to have this being relived again with her most capable fighters in, in a settlement with which she thought everything would be okay. And then it makes me think to the last couple episodes, everybody going like, oh, I think she's, she wants revenge against Gage. <laughs> and I'm like, she's just suffered too many. And I get it. Like, when you've suffered so much, you don't want to lose any further, right? And so, like, you, sometimes you feel like you have to say, I don't want to risk my people dying, Gage. You're just going to have to stay on the other side of that wall. Mm. I've lost enough. Yeah. 
Even if they're capable, they're hungry. This is what I mentioned in the last episode. And I'm glad I did. Having Carol say to Aaron, and I feel like we're having this reverse conversation. If we don't get those horses, where people aren't going to be able to lift even a sack of grain validates me when, on my critique on people saying, why Duncan's strong enough? He could have knocked that door down. I'm like, no, they're hungry people. They're right. hungry. Like they need to use their strength wisely. That's why it takes however many people it takes, no more, no less, to lift up those walls of Alexandria, to try to get those walls up. Why doesn't everybody participate? Well, because they need to do other things like Carol is trying to do, which is if I can just have faith that I can get these horses, life might be a little easier, you know, for everybody. Which takes us back to Maggie and her losses. Maggie had faith. I'm sure each and every time she'd start up a community, she had faith and it was ripped away from her. Like, talk about being lucky here and completely unlucky everywhere else. Well, that has to be rare, because if that's rare, if that's not rare, Alexandria and Hilltop, then am I the problem? And haven't we all felt that way at one point? That, like, everything we're trying to do just doesn't work out? And then you start to think it's me? Maybe it's me? Like a relationship that doesn't quite work out. You're like, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses because I can't stand making you hurt. I can't help but make you hurt. And she kind of says this to Duncan. She kind of says, I'm sorry for all of it, for all of it. And Duncan said, what is he? He says exactly this. He says, why? We were good. We were lucky. Duncan's like saying, no, I, it's like, it's like Aaron in season nine when he's laid out after, after having just had his arm crushed. He's saying to Rick, you don't understand, dude. I look at look at when you first met me. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm pedophile. <laughs> like you know, like wandering. Like who are you, dude? You just yeah. I'm a resident of Alexandria. I'm like, what is Alexandria, dude? <laughs> like we're we're bearded monsters <laughs> wandering around in the apocalypse, and you just clean shaven, just hidey ho, neighbor. Like fucking the next door neighbor. <laughs> anyway, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, dude, if you hadn't come in. I would have continued to walk around the planet <laughs> looking like that guy, expecting everybody to be like me. But you gave me, but in that you gave me hope that there's a brighter future. You, you knocked me down to a point where I could see a better future. I could see reality, but also see a future, right? Duncan is on his deathbed is saying the same thing to Maggie. It's like, we were lucky. I was lucky. I mean, I last as long as I did because of you, not because of just me. Anyway, so I thought that was an important thing. And I say this only because, can we just stop with the Maggie hate? <laughs> like, I mean, even Angela, I, I, I just, I, I didn't get to read this article, but even Angela Kang is like saying, we didn't mean to set Maggie up to be this bad person. <laughs> like, it was an article written where, where they got an interview with Matt. I can't remember who wrote it, but they just managed to get an interview with Angela Kang. And they're like, guys, that's not what's being set up here. Like, I'm just going to say this out front so that you don't get the wrong idea yeah. in, in later episodes. She's not the bad guy, folks. But I don't know. No, I, I'm, I don't. It's just something to simmer on. I don't dislike Maggie. I mean, I, I, I don't. Not at all. Not at all. She's not at the top of my favorite list either. But, you know, she's there. She's capable. She's not making the best choices right now. But that, I mean, we could say that for any character at some point throughout the series. So she's, you know, she's she's no different. No, my yeah. only beef is that she left. Yeah, yeah. And which is a lot of people's beef. Yeah, yeah. And then when her show didn't work out, came back. Oh. <laughs> and. Well, I mean, yeah. And then her name and, just and, shot and, which right. Which is up, why we bring up Andrew Lincoln sometimes. Yeah. And then her name just shot right up to the top of the credits. That's my beef. But that has absolutely nothing to do with Lauren Cohen or Maggie or, or anything. Like, none of that is her fault. So, 
And that's my only beef. I'm I'm hoping that like I don't I don't like I'm not enjoying this torture porn, but I'm hoping that in seeing the amount of loss that she's had, we can be reminded somehow of the thing that made us love her to begin with. Like I mean, kind of touching on the thing that you you've said here and there, like about our good guys being good guys, mm-hmm. being able to follow them. So if she does do something that is just simply amazing, like Rick, I mean, you know, when you think sometimes of Rick, sometimes, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but sometimes. Like you think, yeah, legendary. Like the the guy is revered. He's kind of the the leader, you know. Like he was the the protagonist for the longest time. Yeah. So if she displays something like that, I can maybe get behind her and her return yeah. and and Lauren Cohen's return. Like I'm not exactly where you are, but I I am a little bit mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Same thing with with the uh, Kim Dickens. And, yeah. Yeah. And then I know it's not her fault. You know. That's, exactly. I want to put. Let's that, just make yeah. that distinction. Very clear. Very clear. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, if she does return, if she does something that is something we can get behind or <laughs> let's barring that does something so crazy evil <laughs> that like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, uh, OK. Can I have some more? Can I? Can I, I like this. Um, if they did yeah, bring yeah. Madison uh, back and she was a bad guy, that, or, I'm, that might be the only. Or like an agent of chaos. There's, there's good, bad and chaos. And sometimes if you do it right, chaos is like no. Negan is kind of interesting. No, I, t- I take it all back. <laughs> Putting it all back in there. No, I don't want her back at all. Honestly, I just I mm. I can't think of any good way to bring her back. And even if they tried to, it would just yeah. I I I, I, I don't, I'm inclined to agree. I don't I don't like the idea of her coming back. See, even Sharon doesn't like Badison. No, Badison. <laughs> she 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 she'd be okay with her yes, as a walker. I agree, Sharon. She can come back as a walker. That would be that'd be cool. I'd be fine with that. Oh, but no. See, not even that. Right? If you think about it, like. Why waste screen time, right? And if you think about it, and the money paying Kim Dickens to come back. <laughs> I mean, that's good for Kim Dickens. I, I can yeah. support that, but it's not good for us. No. I mean, no. you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna would die on my sword on that. No, <laughs> like no thanks. One thing that really bothered me in this episode was in the um, before the opening credits aired when you see Maggie looking throughout the woods back and forth. It goes back and forth between a close up of her and the um, far shot or the wide shot, I should say. It bothered me that they were alternating between it being lit up in the close-ups and dark in the far away, mm. or the wide shot. If they were trying to do this documentary-style filming, then it, then it would have worked. I, I get it. I, it would have made sense for her to be lit up. But it wasn't, and we know it's not a documentary style. So I feel like it kind of took away from the scariness of the scene and how we're supposed to be scared for Maggie and not know what's going to happen. It, it Just didn't work right for her. Me, but it, it still was an amazing edit regardless. What did you think of that, that um, particular effect? Well, it's more the, the, the filming technique of zooming in really close to, to Lauren Cohan and having that light lit up in her face for that period of time they wanted you to feel that slow motion panic. Yeah, yeah, I felt which it. Which is what I'm assuming. I mean, I felt in, in the opening sequence, I felt like we were in Maggie's shoes watching everything happen, you know, some, maybe in slow motion, like, what's happening? you know and she's sort of panning around watching cole get his his throat slit watching gabe get cut watching negan get stuck with something watch it you know all of this stuff unfold you know in a sequence um yeah i felt like we were standing there in maggie's shoes kind of you know deer in headlights almost watching all this happen do you think that effect had the desired outcome with you at least um i think like it made you feel the terror she was feeling in that moment of like i think so did i make a mistake or did i oh well i mean i definitely did i make all the right moves yeah i definitely felt the 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 panic you know that she was feeling so i think in that aspect yeah i think i felt what they wanted me to in the opening there like chaos it was just yeah 
they were ambushed Just basically <laughs> like the avalanche coming on top of them it's like the the mountain came on top of maggie yeah and like we got to see it in slow motion yeah yeah i i happen to like it too it, it's it's a lot like the things they try to do with certain um scenes like uh for instance when um yeah rosita was running away from when we first kind of quote unquote discovered the whispers but we didn't know what they were mm. the talking walkers mm-hmm. You see Rosita running away from the forest, and they has that that camera shot that's following her. This is a Cudlitz episode too. That's why I like it the most. Nice. But like the camera's kind of on her, but she was like trying to run away, and then you know she gets eventually she gets stopped, and then she, eventually she finds help. But whatever. And the odd part of her finding help is Roy is the one who saves her, or or at least announces that she is saved to Maggie. I think or who was it actually? No, it was Michonne, and she's coming up to Hilltop for the first time in a long time with Sadiq. I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. The, the character of C. Thomas Howell comes up. We didn't know his name was Roy. Yeah. He goes, we have Rosita Espinosa. And he's with this weird armor. Why, did, why am I completely drawing a blank? I am not picturing this uh, at all. It's okay. Shit. It's for the, for the birds. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. Somebody will get it. It's just not me. <laughs> I, I like that the irony is that he's in that scene because, of, and then we're talking about that scene, the filming of that one particular opener of that episode where Rosita's running away having, after having lost Eugene. Uh-huh. Somehow, I forget what happens to him. But yeah, I, oh, I, I, I got... yeah, sorry. It just clicked. It just clicked. Okay, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Took that long. Between the deaths themselves and then seeing Maggie feel... I know what they're trying to do, and I think I, I, I'm, I'm down with it. They're, they're te- they, they were kind of teeter-tottering with Maggie being kind of like a distasteful, cold person to gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they meant it to come off as like she is oh vengeful maggie or <laughs> this personal stake in gay's gage's demise because he he was a coward didn't, didn't gabe sound a lot like donald trump in that moment <laughs> he was a cow he was fired yeah <laughs> i mean this is why there's a lot of interplay here like between like what you feel like you have to be or maybe what you turn into remember like we were saying the monster Ooh. Ooh. After, or monster worse than negan kind of thing but yeah. and, and this episode kind of convinced me that like that maybe I, I don't know if it was I was onto something, but like that maybe there's something worse than, you know, losing hard every single time that they, what do you have to become to survive? And you see that a little bit by way of Herschel, too. Oh. What if what if Maggie is taking on this role of monster? I don't maybe or like cold, disconnected monster just because it makes it so that Herschel can be a kid, you know, to be protected. Because there's a little bit of interplay there, right? You see the kids being like more of the adults, even though they have to put up with the adults going, love you, I'll be back <laughs> soon. But they know the truth. And the various responses to that, like, I wish they wouldn't do it. And I'm like, oh, well, they're doing that just because it makes them feel better. Right. You know, Herschel says finally. But my mom comes back. Yeah, where is she now? Yeah, where's your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Although it hasn't been like, you know, going on Meg's thing, right? Michonne leaves it amidst, I think it's the Hilltop War, if you think about it. Do you remember when Michonne radios in? Mm-hmm. And I think Judith says, we beat them. But we didn't know whether they they beat them. I th- At the time, we didn't know that they beat them, if I'm not mistaken. Because this is uh, 10, 13. Oh, I think it is 10, 12. Wow, just beforehand. I, thought, I was thinking 11 or 12. I mean, technically, they lost. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 10, 12, I think. The Alpha and the Whispers attack Hilltop with Negan's help. There, yep. There. Yep. So so they didn't beat them. Actually, they got their ass whooped, but Judith didn't want to. Hey, hey, you know what? The irony of that statement, Judith didn't want Michonne to worry. Yep. So who's the adult in that situation? Who's the adult in the room? Yeah. Yep. Who's telling whom to be, who's comforting whom? Yeah. So Michonne's been gone. It. 
Let's go home, people. Michonne's been <laughs> gone for a hell of a long time. For us. No, but for, no, for, for them, them, even. I think it's only been like a month and a half for well, that's Michonne's a hell of, that's a long time. That's a hell yeah, of a long time. Yeah, I know, time. I know. But like, compare that to the, it feels 84 years since we've got the boys. Right? That's a good bringing yeah. it back. But yeah, like it's been a month and a half. It's like, oh my God, talk about like parallels. It's like when we, how long we thought the beginning of the apocalypse, according to Rick, until the end of All Out War. Uh, was it two, two years? All That War itself being like, that w- that's, you know, some say two weeks, some say it's two months. That's uh, a, a month. whole nother, whole nother podcast. <laughs> Right. Well, we covered that in season eight. Uh, Timelines! But, you know, going back to, like, the kids and how long Michonne's been gone for Mm -hmm. real. um, And Judith making Michonne feel better about saying, we beat them. (laughs) She was right in the end, but... (laughs) It's a good thing she had faith that (laughs) that they would. (laughs) No, but it's good interplay. But, you know, know, Sharon brings up a very good point. She says... um, but then what does Herschel learn from that? From seeing his mother act like a monster so that he can be a child. Oh, okay. Well, even even the conversation that he has with the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the kids are learning a lot from Herschel. Like, okay, maybe it's just them trying to feel better. But then what does Herschel learn as a result of that? You know, is it because she's a good person, though? I like... Is, is, does he think his mother's a good person? Well, yeah, I think Herschel does think his mom's a good person because it's his mom and he trusts that what she's doing is the right thing, right? I mean... Hey, mom. I, exactly like he of course he thinks she's a good person and this is just how people are i also i like the fact that herschel is there and talking to judith not kaylee <laughs> yeah judith and rj and um gracie about about living outside i mean judith even says or he he says something like oh you've never you've never had to you never lived on the streets or what, whatever he says. And she's like, Judas says, well, not like you that. You on the streets like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And Judas like, well, not like that. <laughs> like, she even acknowledges that, yes, I've been out there, but not like you've been out there. Yeah, yeah. And then RJ refusing the horse meat. Like, so there's like a yeah. strata, right? Like, yeah. there's a gradation. And Gracie, I don't know where Gracie is. I really don't, though. Like, I, I, I don't know what to make of her. Like, is she more like RJ, like sheltered? Yeah. Or is she more like, damn it, you got me saying Kaylee. <laughs> is she more like Judith? Or is she more, I mean, she's definitely not like, um, I was gonna say Eugene, what the fuck? She's definitely not like Herschel. No. You know? No. Nobody's like Herschel. No. The closest you can get is maybe Judith, and even then. Right. And Gracie, I mean, Gracie grew up in Alexandria. She grew up under protection. It's not like she, yeah, she probably maybe has never even been outside the walls. What reason would she have to go outside the walls of Alexandria? I can't think of one. Yep. So yep. she's definitely had a sheltered life. Okay. My second thought, I think I understand what they were trying to do with like the hesitation to eating the horse meat, but seriously, I'm sorry. I thought everyone was starving. Wouldn't they be shoveling that shit in their face? I would be. If I was starving, I wouldn't care if it, I wouldn't care what it was. It's food, damn it. <laughs> right, right. Well, and then, you know, so there's, there's a very interesting point to make here because cause you bounce back and forth between kids are just, even though it's the apocalypse, kids are just kids. Sure. They'll still be like you kids. Say that. But then they're, they're not, right? Right. So, and then which kids? And then you'd expect certain kids to be better at this than others. Like, I mean, like Judith, right? Hesitating eating the horse meat. I did want Judith to take the first bite so that she could lead by example and say, look, guys, I'm doing it. You can do it. But then but then they let Herschel take that on, which I thought was really cool. Again, because we're learning more about how, how he grew up, really. You know, you eat what you find. <laughs> right. And then it gives you more clarity on Maggie, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like a little bit more. I don't know if it's sympathy. I don't know. If, but like it gives you 
it refines that like, okay, you did what you had to do. More you did information. What you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. By way of another party. Yep. But it, it, I like how they're exploring this, like how, how the children of Hilltop are reacting to this whole fiasco yeah. because, or shenanigans or what is the right word? Who knows? <laughs> Who cares? Pandemic. Anyway, so, um, no, it's, it's good to see the different four children of the apocalypse. Oh, horse, horsemen, horse meat, four horse meat of the apocalypse. Oh, oh guys, I'm, I'm full of it. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would just like Magna, I, I would be scarfing that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. And I mean, is horse, I, I don't think I've ever eaten horse, but is it bad? I mean, wh why were they weird I mean, it's about a bit, it? It's a bit lean, but yeah. I mean, usually. I was going to say, yeah, I would imagine it would be pretty tough considering they're so muscular. But other than that, like, I wouldn't bat an eye at eating a horse. Charity says it's, she, and Jasmine has said this too. Okay. Um, yeah. She's not here right now, but she said it's a common meat in foreign co countries. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's necessarily true now, but I do know that it was. And it, even in this country, by the way, which is also kind of odd if you think about it, considering horses did not originate in the, in the United States. They were brought in from like Egypt, the Middle East. Jeez. But why <laughs> is don't, it they don't, Why is it any more strange to eat a horse than it is a cow? To me, they're the same. It's a little strange for, for me just because of <laughs> just it's only strange for me knowing what I know that they were not indigenous to the United States. Like, okay, you had to bring them in. Yeah, but they've been here forever. Just to be eaten? Now, at this point. So, yeah, yeah, now they're yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> it, but it, it is one... Okay, but you know what? Let's link this all together. Because <laughs> what's great about this statement is is what the kids say is that... Why, why do they keep saying, I love you, before they go? It's like, oh, it must have been mm. what they did before, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of like the same thing. It's like It's like horses were brought in. Like, they weren't originally used for they were used for riding and all that stuff and the native americans took that and ran and and like and now we're using them for meat and they did the settlers did use horses for meat every now and again i mean when a horse goes lame what do they do with it they eat it mm -hmm. yeah and you know when a colony goes lame you eat it <laughs> i guess <laughs> and meg says also this oh and um just real quick i quit <laughs> you guys next week? <laughs> <laughs> worth it <laughs> worth it she quit at the start and she quit at the, nice. <laughs> at the end. She already says quitter. Yeah, <sighs> that's what we love about her. There was one thing that made me, that affirmed some of the things I was talking about, like where, oh, is the Reaper real? Or is he just a representation about Gabe's faith or whatever? Like, Do you know what I'm saying? Or like this interplay between, it was the fact that both the Reaper and Gabe were cut in the neck. Not in the same spot. Yeah, the, Reap, the Reaper was holding the left side of his neck. Gabe was holding the right side of his neck. It's odd. Right? It's this weird, odd yin-yang of them looking at each other and saying, I know I am of you, but I am not you. Mm. I just love the choices here. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. sorry. I, I forgot saying that <laughs> when, when we're talking about it. There's well, like, it's weird. It's weird. You know, we talk a lot about finding the right people first, too, right? Like, we've, oh. that's been a, a big thing for us. So if Gabe had come across the Reapers first, he could have been staring at himself right, right there. That could have been Gabe. All right. Yeah, yeah. If that guy happened to be found by our group, right, yep. right, yep. right. I have a really bad feeling about where this is, I, which almost for in goes to your side of the conversation, which is like, okay, I'm hopeful that Gabe will find that out. I'm hoping before it's too late. Me, I'm more like I feel like we're going down a path where Gabe sees something in this group that he likes <gasps> in this weird way. But they're um, the bad guys. 
Right. I feel like I feel like this show may if if we're talking about the Ezekiel thing and how Ezekiel may be the Dwight in the scenario and it may not go it definitely not is not going to go exactly down like, like it can't Hopefully go down yeah. exactly yeah. like the yeah, uh like the comics. But in that, if we're saving Gabe as well only to serve a darker purpose <gasps> than the way he was supposed to go out. See, we're we're drawing some crazy Do you realize what's happening? The Walking Dead season 11 is going out on a crazy bang. Mm. Like, we are going to take the table and flip it over. Forget everything you know. I mean, I'm making a lot of assumptions here. <laughs> I'm not saying this will happen. I hope it does, because that's very interesting. But TWD, we're going to flip the table on everything you think you know, and we're, we're going to go wildly in a different direction here. Well, shit, they've been doing that for the past 10 years. <laughs> yeah, but they always do this thing. Okay, they always do this weird thing where... They, they drop a rock in the river just to see the ripples, but then the water goes calm again. So the, the, ah. the, it's like the time, time travel theory, right? You can do only so much before the time auto-corrects to where it was supposed to go to begin with, okay. to, for everything to go back into place, right? Yeah. Always find a way to get back on the original narrative. But what if we go so wildly out of the... Out of, because we've saved so many people from the pikes. Again, this is the nexus of everything. Rosita, uh, uh, what happens there? Uh, we, guys... What is going on? Hunted. They're hunting us. Oh my god. End of episode. Like let's see. Let's see what let's pretend we cut get cut off right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like what now we're dealing with interesting consequences where we we asked the question in the the calm before, right? We asked the question. We never got an answer. Now we're getting answers. What happens to these characters when you save them from the pikes? What happens to the comic, let's say, right? What this is the big what if. The Walking Dead from like 9.15 on, that's the whole what if episode now. Like things look the same, but things are going to end up shaking out differently. I hope. I hope. Because I don't want to know what's coming next. I want to be blown into space. I want to, that's, that's how I want to go on. Yep. Oh, wait. and then Sharon D says, but then he'll be bad. <laughs> Rachel squeaks. <laughs> wait, as a good thing? It no. sounds like it though. No, that she was talking about um, Gabriel. Gabriel uh, yeah. liking yeah. liking what the Reapers are saying. And then that, then that means bad. Oh, no. I know how she's saying it. But that would be bad. Yeah. Like that. Remember that squeak that you did? It would be bad. <laughs> anyway. Do you oh. think, because I, I, I honestly don't know. I feel like we're being set up for a definite answer, which makes me question everything. Do you think we're going to lose Alden? That's a very good question, because I'm not sure. I'm not either. We've seen the show long enough to know that there's, like, some things are just foregone conclusions. but. And, and just like looking at his stab wounds in his stomach, you're thinking people have not survived less. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Foregone conclusion. However, the show is going to find a way to at least delay his death so that we get to see it publicly or completely turn this shit around. Be like, um, oh, OK, let's try something out because I haven't again, I'm saying I don't know what's going to happen. Right. But what if Alden gets Father Gabriel's death at this point? Hanging upside down from a cross until he bleeds out. Somebody comes upon him. Tell, tell Adam I loved him. Or so. oh, gosh. And then I can see that. I can see him trying to like flee up a ladder, trying to escape a herd or something, and then falls. I could see that. I could see that. I if not exactly, but like similar. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be a water tower because it's right. not. I don't think it's gonna well, be. No, I just but... said a ladder. Didn't I say ladder? 
Oh, you did say anyway, that. I'm sorry. It, no. Well, I mean, it was a ladder on the water tower. Yeah, it but was. Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, sorry, but, sorry, but sorry. Like you said, I'm agreeing with you. It doesn't necessarily have to be a water tower, but just like a similar scenario. But I'm I'm not ready to say that that Alden's dead. I'm not because because it looks me neither yeah. because it looks so much like he is a goner. I'm like mm, not falling for it just yet. So yeah, and then and the show is actually and I literally wrote this down. Is the show getting us to believe that this group is lucky? Because of Carol being in in Carol and company being able to get the horses, is Maggie just having given given him this food to say, making a statement to say, "I choose to continue to have faith." Like the karma effect, like you, if you choose to have faith, it'll return back to you or something. Like you know what I mean? Like she's actively choosing to have faith instead of cutting gauge off or instead of cutting her lot like one of the things that we said over and over again in the last few episodes is like okay she must have had to do this plenty of times cut her losses like sure. people that fall behind they have to continue going maggie would have wanted us to do it that way but maybe that's not the good move maybe that's not the move guys maybe we have to have a little bit more faith <laughs> faith faith you gotta, gotta have faith, faith. we should faith, open the show then <laughs> i can touch you wait what if it's touch your body what is going on here <laughs> Maybe we'll just put it in there somehow. Um, that should be yeah, our opening do, music for the next episode. <laughs> I am so glad you brought up. Yeah, right. I'm so glad you brought up. Like, instead of like the bird, <laughs> like the beginning of it. Like, it nice. Maybe. Yeah, but then again, like it's right at the beginning of the episode. And then, yeah, we're going to get copyright strike. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole, and then the whole like, show is canceled. Ah! Like, kick us off the air. Cancels. Hashtag cancel squawking dead. <laughs> copyright squawking dead. Anyway, so. I'm glad you brought up Alden, too, because one of the biggest things that was running through my mind in the end of bearing fruit by the end of it, but I kept thinking Alden was a former savior. Alden was a former mm. savior. Alden was a former savior this whole time. And like him and Negan being right next to each other. Well, meanwhile, he's probably never seen Negan for the duration of him being in the saviors. I was at the satellite station. He's like, oh, I've heard of this Negan guy. I've heard him on a walkie talkie a couple times with Simon because it's a satellite station. It's Simon's. Yeah. But. You know, it's the whole reason why I'm in this mess. It's the whole reason. And then I, then he mentions at the end, I, you know why I left him for you? This guy? This guy was this guy standing at me right there? You know, because I had faith that you'd do the right thing. Yep. And lo and behold, she is the reason that he's even alive at this point. He is a living representation of what it means for someone to change. Negan is telling her, people change, Maggie. I'm with you guys. I, I believe in you. I, I'm with you, Maggie. Mm-hmm. He's like, people, people don't change. And then all the at the end of the episode <laughs> goes... Uh, I excuse did. me. Remember I'm, me? I'm dying right here. Hi. I'm dying. Yeah. I, I changed. Remember I me? I changed because of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now see, okay. Excuse me. I don't know if I don't know I don't know if you agree with me, but I uh-huh. ever since we met Alden, it's hard for me to remember that he was a savior because I never fully felt like he matched that group of people like even when we found even when we first meet him and we find out he's you know in the cage with all of them i thought really this kid like no he just no he shouldn't have been with them like he just met the wrong people first you know yeah boom so boom but just like dj and laura's like they met the wrong people yep. first you know yep. i mean there, it, if okay if alden had been a one-off it'd be one thing mm. but it turns out he wasn't and which is good because it gives him credence. Like, I'm the one person that, <laughs> that changed. I'm the one. It's like, okay, no. this is no, no, Alden. <laughs> That's not how it works. No. Um, but no, it, it it goes to the point. It had had there not been any other savers, I'd be like, oh my god, what is this world? But yeah, I mean, there. Which means there must have been many other because of people like Maggie. 
and because of people like Rick, let's just even say, because he chose not to execute Negan because he chose law and order, because he chose a ci chose civilization over the the immediate gratification of not getting revenge. Which brings us a little bit back to Father Gabriel a little bit, because of his desire to get revenge motivates him to kill the other guy and to pull the little awl from his 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 leg. Because if that's what gets motivates him, that's what makes me panic. Because if that's what motivates him, we're losing sight of him almost dying, by the way, at that scene with the saviors. It's funny enough that we bring that up. Um, you know, right, uh, Negan is raising the pistol to Eugene slash Gabriel's head. Gabriel being all sick and in a uh. hospital gown and everything. You remember that shit? Mm -hmm. Interesting. And look where he is now, on the other end of that gun, pointing it at the world mm. and saying, fuck this. I'm with I'm with I'm with Negan. I'm with stupid. <laughs> or I am Negan. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like our I am Reaper. I don't know. I'm not ready to say anything yet. I mean I'm I'm just putting it on the table so that we can maybe pick it up later, but it's good to talk about this yeah. stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Alden was the last thing I needed to talk about. And that was good. I feel good. I'm glad we're on the same page good. there too. Like we don't know. Like we're not like I'm glad you're not convinced he's gonna die. Like I, I like this what's gonna happen with Alden. He's oh the yeah. Alden's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. I Look, do I I have a feeling he might get a public execution? That would suck. That would really suck. Yeah. I really like Alden, to be honest with you. I like, because he represents that people can change. Yeah. You know, yes. Oh, I backed the wrong horse, and I, I'm choosing to eat humble pie and switch sides here, because yeah. this looks a lot better. I'm not willing to double down on things. We need more of that. <laughs> and if you kill that, oh my God, yeah. what a statement. Did you get to watch the next episode yet? No? I did not. I told you I wouldn't oh, watch it, and I wouldn't down. watch it. <laughs> it's been I bet, I bet you everybody else did when they get their <laughs> Just kidding. It's been yeah, very I, I, hard. I feel bad when I when I say that, but like... Well, and I know what I mean, I'm going to be doing sense. tonight. I know what I'm doing tonight. Oh, guys, guys. Oh, oh yeah, I got to get my fears. <laughs> I don't know. This is like a maybe we should watch this space. The horses by... The dead horses by the riverbed. Mm, mm -hmm. Did you notice a couple of cleanly cut cleanly severed heads was it a head or a leg i did notice i think it was one of the there legs. Were some heads and there was a leg okay yeah. i did i think i noticed the leg was very cleanly yeah. cut i also noticed how how few walker bites there were so yeah whatever was there munching on these horses uh packed, up. well they pet they yeah they got up and left pretty quickly why would they not devour the entire horse Right. They were or, they were chasing something. They must have been chasing something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, more yeah, more to the point. If they were munching, they kind of cuz you know how we've seen this. <laughs> we brought up Justin the uh Justin in the last episode. Uh-huh. Who who had turned and then the walkers were eating on him. They were like, "Oh, oh, well, he's one of us. Okay, let's go." <laughs> but a, they stopped. But a horse isn't going to turn. A horse is oh, just right, meat. Right. So But the blood will get cold, I'm sure. Right? Like and so they're like, "I can't smell it anymore, guys. I, I don't know what's going okay. on here." All right, so yeah, you do so you do think that at a certain point a walker would just stop eating its meal, even even not distracted by something. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, or you know, you're bringing up a good point because maybe what was done to the horses was meant to slow down a herd an into. Okay, 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 mm. slow down the herd enough to keep them in one spot. Hence. And I'm not saying that our people are nearby. They're not. They're in the D.C. I mean, I know that Alexandria isn't far from D.C. per se, but um, I'm just thinking like, okay, what's her name? Who who notices that the walkers are? Yes, it was uh, Maggie, right? Or Alden? Sorry, Negan was saying, oh yeah, they're just they're they're coming out of the woodwork. Oh, 
uh, you know, yeah. as they're trying to run away. Mm -hmm. Like they seem to have doubled is what he says almost exactly. And I was thinking to myself, oh, what if the, they slaughtered the horses so they'd bring in more walkers to the area mm. and hunt them down? Mm. I don't know. It's a stretch. But what I was really thinking in the moment until you brought that up was kind of like Alden, fresh meat, Sanjay, that whole thing. Like, oh, Alden's bleeding out. And obviously they're attracted to the oh. highest sense that they have. Uh-huh. We're learning things. We're learning things. Thank I don't you, know. Thank you, Sanjay. <laughs> thank you, Sanjay, for teaching us what we kind of already knew. But now we... Like it's a thing now. It's in the it's in the atmosphere. I love that this character made it into exactly one episode, and we still talk about it. I love that Sanjay, you made an impact on us clearly. Right for those who don't know, Sanjay, because people don't watch Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, some of them. How dare stupid. you? Stupid. How dare uh, Sanjay you? Sanjay is a a very short lived character from from Fear the Walking Dead's season six episode mm. two. Welcome to the Welcome club. Welcome to the club. Oh. He taught us a very valuable lesson about the Walker's highest sense. Yep. Of the five senses of walkers, apparently they do. Okay, one another thing, that, again, tiny little tidbit before we sign off, I think, is that Maggie knows that these reapers that are chasing them need to be dealt with because they cannot lead them back to Alexandria, right. at least, if not to food, you know? Yeah. So that, which is why she chooses that mall to go to and, and all that stuff. So just to be totally clear, Maggie, Maggie Alden, this whole group, they are on their way to Meridian, correct? That was the, that, yeah, I, that's what they were, they were going to reclaim Meridian? That's you know what this it's really was? funny. Originally, yes, and then after they experienced what they experienced in the subway, they said, "Let's just get some temporary food from this temporary place that Georgie Georgie's told me place. about." Okay, all right. And then they can't even get to that. So, well, that's what I, that's and still the mission is to get the food. Yeah, that's kind of what I was gonna say. Like they were on their way to Meridian originally. And then all this shit happened. And the Reapers were like there to meet them. Like, oh, you think you're coming this way? Fuck you. Uh-uh. Their mission had changed at that point and they weren't going to Meridian anymore. And they're like still twice. coming. Yeah. And they're <laughs> still coming after us. Like, uh, this group reminds me of like, this is going to sound so stupid, but this just makes sense to, the Reapers, to my brain. The Reapers remind me of wasps, right? Like, they're the assholes that just fucking chase you for no reason. You came close enough and I'm just going to chase you for no reason now. Like, even though I'm running away from your hive, these fuckers are still chasing after me, trying to sting me. And you're going, I'm I'm getting away. And they're still coming <laughs> right. after us. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is going to mean. I'll say that much. Uh, I don't, I mean, how many times can a plan change, right? Mm -hmm. Like Meridian, that's out. Is this this place close by? That's out. Are they going to continue to that backup place that Maggie, I think it sounds like they are going to. The mission must go on. They must get the food, mm -hmm. which is kind of like an echo to what's happening at the Commonwealth. Well, that's our mission. We need to bring these people back to help in the Whisperer War. Again, we have to remind people, they think the Whisperer War is still ongoing. They don't know that Alpha is dead. Right. And they beat Beta. Or they may know Alpha is dead. No, they don't. No, no not even don't. that. Nope. Mm -mm. Well, nope. good reminder. <laughs> if they pretend like it didn't, it didn't happen. I'll be very upset. <laughs> anyway, thank you for making it this far. Thank you for yeah. some of you joining us in this podcast. Thank you for Meg and Sharon D for lending us your thoughts. They were a good springboard into talking about the things that we, we with the revelations that we had during this episode. And if you like what you've heard and you definitely love the King Ezekiel theory about the Commonwealth, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. 
five stars and eggplant is all we need to know, but I think you're going to want to tell us what you think about that theory and any other critiques or comments you may have. It's a great place to express yourself, even if it's a low rating, even if you didn't like what you heard, you made it this far. Thank you for doing so. <laughs> I really do appreciate it, even if you didn't like it. I hope that you got something out of it either way. And if you did, let us know. And if you want to follow us on our journey, not just subscribe, which you should be already, to our YouTube. You should be subscribing to our YouTube already. <laughs> but if you want to follow our journey even further, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us there. Create an account and follow us because we like to post little things that even though some of those things will be locked, it's a means to go deeper. So you will get the unedited episode recordings after they're released. You'll also be able to join us in the chat as we talk about these things. You know, you can lend your thoughts. You can also uh, DM us, actually, if you happen to support us. You don't have to support us, though. Just follow us. If you decide to support us, though, uh, you know, buy us a coffee. You can get access to supported back content for 30 days, so you can dip your toe in the water. And if you like it, you can support any one of the number of our tiers. Our walkers tier, which is the tier that when you donate, when you give us $3, you get a baseline of benefits. The unedited episode recordings, the ability to join us in the chat, and some other things too. The whisperers tier is, is the tier which you will receive the 50% off our merch store, credits at the end of the episode, the ability to join us on our Jackbox games, and the ability to join our Discord. And then there's the survivors here, which is the ability to host the show along with us. Yeah, that's right. What? There's only four spots left. It is pretty expensive, but it's on purpose because we need, it needs to be unattainable. And it, it's worth but, it. Share your thoughts with us. Like this is this is yeah, your the platform. Last, like yeah. Yeah, the last few episodes, uh, Aliza, one of our survivors and members, has been joining us, yes. and it's been great. It's been Her insights awesome. have been awesome, and I'm sure you have some excellent insights too. And I'm not no pressure. Not everybody's gonna be ready to jump into the the boiling water just just yet. But if that's something that you are considering, think about it. And with that, everybody, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for making it this far. And uh, enjoy the credits that are scrolling undoubtedly across the screen. Take care. We'll see you next time. Godspeed and have a little faith. <laughs> and happy new year. Happy new year, Jews. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Happy new year. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Take care. Thank you again for making it to the end of this wonderful, wonderful episode. I was your host, David Cameo, and you just listened to our coverage of The Walking Dead's 11th season, episode 3, titled Hunted, The Walking Dead's final season. This episode has been brought to you by our Survivors tier member, Lisa J, who didn't host with us today, but being a part of the Survivor tier at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead does entitle you to host the show with us host in our episode breakdowns uh our your support has also been well this episode has also been brought to you by the our whispers tier members including darren aka whispers uk on instagram snick3 on instagram that's uh it's randy nickel and you've got jasmine jasmine.iac on instagram as well as aiden aka aiden the raven on twitter thank you so much for your support and if you want to get in on some of this behind the scenes stuff and or maybe even enjoy some of these perks too like credits at the end of the episodes or even hosting uh head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead 
create an account and just follow us there. Uh, you don't have to support us right away. And if you want to dip your toe in the water of support, you can always tip us and get 30 days of supporter backed access to our unedited episode recordings, as well as the ability to join us during our recordings of both episodes and interviews and anything really we've got going on that involves recording. <laughs> so, well, unless AMC doesn't want us to do that. So, which has happened before. In any case, I've been your host, David Cameo. We will see you in the next one. Take care, everybody. Love you speak to you soon. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We loved it. I hope you loved it as much as we did. Mm-hmm.